Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and a David Hobbs Honda. In fact, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline right now, it is David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Steve. Always good fun to be on the show, and um, I know that David Hobbs Honda enjoys their sponsorship of you guys. So, uh, yeah, a nice show. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you, David. And uh, of course, uh, you're in Florida right now, and it's uh, the weather is, of course, a lot. Actually, I guess it's what is it raining down by you? You said. <laughs> well, funnily enough, it's not. It's written a little up there. It's uh, it has been a lot better down here than it is there, but today it just happens to be a bit damp. Uh, especially, I'm at the beach where it's very cloudy and it's not actually raining. But over at Sebring for the 12 hour, they had a wonderful week. Uh, you know, everybody got there early because they had the uh, World Endurance Championship race yesterday. And um, so the place has been packed. And I have to say that Wayne Estes, who now runs Sebring, did a fantastic job. And to have these two major races, you know, within a sort of 36 hour period is. I, I got to say, must be stretching the old corner marshals, um, but it was a very vibrant scene. See, I was down there selling my book Hobo, which actually sold pretty well. Um, but boy, boy, the place is absolutely packed. I mean, so many cars, you know, so many races, um, and the weather was just perfect until today. But um, you know, <laughs> as the promoter would say. Everybody's going to buy a tickets already in, so right, <laughs> exactly. And uh, it, it's been actually a busy week. We had Amelia Island uh, last week, and then uh, uh, was it on Monday? I think it was the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Daytona. That's a neat organization, and you were lucky enough to MC it. Yeah, the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America, which is run by Ron Watson. It, it, it was in Detroit for like nearly thirty years, um, and they lost their permanent home there. And they went to Daytona Beach. Uh, they, um, a portion of their touring and uh, ticket center, which is pretty pretty big, and they have an amazing display there. And uh, during the last twelve months, they've had over a hundred thousand visitors, uh, and they've got some great displays in their cars, driven by Hall of Fame drivers and the Hall of Fame. Memorabilia, uniforms, helmets, gloves, hats, and that sort of thing. Um, they put on a good show, and the um, and the gala dinner is on the Tuesday night at the Shores Resort um, in Daytona Beach. And uh, for the ninth year in a row, I did the emceeing, and um, it was one of our best yet. Um, I was on form. I hadn't had too much to drink, perhaps that was it. And, <laughs> and, and all our honorees... Diane Franchitti, Tony Stewart, Linda Vaughan, of course, the first lady of racing, 
um, Don Schumacher, the uh, the um, and they all put on. They were all very good, and their presenters were good. So the evening ran perfectly without a hitch, and we had a lot of laughs. And uh, Dario was uh, presented by Scott Dixon, who was also very good, very amusing. Um, and of course, Scott has close relationship with with Elkhart Lake. Uh, a couple of his very good friends live up there. So um, Scott Dixon comes into town uh, quite frequently with his wife, Emma, um, spend a bit of time up in the Elkhart Lake area, totally sort of divorced from racing. Um, but it was a good night, and um, we had some really good honorees, great fun. Uh, Dario was extremely good. And um, Tony Stewart was fabulous, and he was introduced by uh, Jimmy Johnson, imagine was also um terrific great speaker both of them great speakers i've i've spent more time with um with uh, Stuart this week than i've ever done before and uh, he was very good all week he was funny as hell and uh, got some great stories and he and linda vaughan uh have known each other for a long time and um they had a lot of great repartee so uh, it was it was a good fun couple of days of course it will all return again this time next year and anybody has not been to the Hall of Fame function, um, especially the gala functions over the, over the last couple of days, I strongly recommend that they go. Yes, I was. Uh, <clears throat> I could have uh, had a seat at Jennifer Revson's table, and I appreciate her uh, inviting me, yeah. but I was unable to attend this year and uh, looking forward to maybe doing it next year. And, yeah, anytime you get to chat with Tony Stewart uh, unfiltered, which he usually is anyways, it's always a delight, so I certainly yeah. uh, certainly agree with you regarding Tony Stewart. Uh, we're chatting with uh, David Hobbs in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and this week it's the Formula One opener in Australia, and uh, no matter how things change, they remain the same, don't they? With uh, Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas in the front row with the new with the new formula, or a tweaked formula, I guess you should, should say, a cleaner, a cleaner Formula One car, isn't it, David? Well, that's what they say. Uh, it sure as hell doesn't look very different to me. Uh, you know, the teams are all complaining that the, that the changes have cost them around about $10 million each. Um, and all it is is the front wing is less efficient than it used to be. Um, and the idea being to make overtaking easier. The problem with Formula One is they're so aero-dominated mm-hmm. that when you, and you know, if you're out in the front, you're fine. But if you're following... Your aerodynamics, of course, are messed up by the hole in the air left by the car in front. And so following closely and overtaking is has been difficult. And they're hoping to improve that with this year's wing. Australia, the Melbourne track, is a very tricky little track anyway. And they're all saying, well, don't look for any big changes here because it, it really is so difficult in Melbourne anyway. And we'll have to go two or three races in to see if it does make any significant difference. And then, of course, there's a wholesale change supposed to be coming in 2021. Um, but there's, as usual in Formula One, tremendous amount of you know, Some people are for it, and of course, obviously, the and uh, in the second row, we got uh, Sebastian Vettel, with not a surprise there. Max Verstappen, who just nipped uh, Charles Leclerc, who's driving now for Ferrari this year, right at the end on the last lap, got him uh, for fourth place. Uh, 
Leclerc is someone you and I have been uh, talking up the last couple of years and should should be kind of a coming out party for this year for him for Ferrari, isn't it? Well, he's he's a very talented kid, um, and I think he's also got his head screwed on right. Everybody keeps saying he's going to take Vettel, he's going to take Vettel, and you know he may well do. Uh, he's certainly going to give him a, a long run, a good run for his money, but I, to not uh, go sticking his nose in where it's not wanted until he feels very, very, very sure of himself and the Ferrari. Because the big story this weekend is the fact that through the two. They had, you know, two uh, four-day tests back in Spain about uh, three weeks ago. And the Ferrari looked absolutely magnificent. It was quickest all the time. And Mercedes kept on. And they brought two different cars. They brought two different cars each week. And everybody said, oh, Mercedes are on the back foot. Mercedes have had it. They made a mistake with the it. <laughs> they get down here. And Lewis Hamilton was quickest in free practice one, free practice two, free practice three, and qualifying. Set a new time lap record. Um, and Valtteri Bottas is like one-tenth of a second behind him, and then the Ferrari is seven-tenths of a second behind Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. So, as you said at the beginning of this little bit about Formula 1, you know, things really have not changed much. I, um, I am expecting the Red Bull, with now with the Honda engine, to perform better this year um, because that car is... Probably still the best car out there, the uh, Adrian Newey designed Red Bull. Um, and it just needed a bit more power than it had last year with the Renault engine. And I think they've got it. Unfortunately, um, their second driver, Gasly, uh, Pierre Gasly, uh, didn't make it into the top. Well, I mean, Pierre Gasly's way down in 15th or 16th or 17th spot. So. It wasn't quite as strong a combo as when it used to be Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo. And Daniel Ricciardo, who drove for Red Bull the last, what, seven years, eight years, did nothing but complain about the Renault engine last year. <laughs> so he left Red Bull and went to join, guess who? Went to join... Renault, <laughs> yeah. Renault. And has now been out-qualified by Nico Alkerberg, who's been at Renault for uh, one year already. Uh, and they qualified 11th and 12th. Um, I can't help feeling that if Ricardo had been in the Red Bull Honda, he would have certainly been in the top five or six. But who are doing well, really, well, did did well in winter testing, is the, um, you know, um, the Stewart, the um, Haas cars uh, with Ro the American Formula One team. Right, and they with qualified 6th and 7th. Yeah, 6th mean, yeah, and 7th. That was pretty stout running by those guys. And the other guy who was a huge surprise was the young English kid, Lando Norris, who qualified eight in the McLaren, um, beating out Kimi Raikkonen, Sergio Perez, Nico Hulkenberg, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that McLaren went much better than expected. And yeah, my hot shot with McLaren, of course, is still going to be Carlos Sainz, right. who, in fact, who, in fact, didn't get out of um, Q. Um, George Rush was another... Yeah, where he almost nearly lost his arm in that accident. Uh, so it's good to see Robert Kubica back in the race uh, race car again after such a layoff. 
your phone was cutting out a little bit, David. So, but uh, one more question before we go. Uh, yeah. a, a sad situation here, of course, with uh, F1 race director Charlie Whiting uh, passing away, and uh, you know, a lot of fans may just know Charlie Whiting uh, as 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 the race director, as the as the man in the in the white dress shirt. But he was certainly around. Uh, you know. When when you were still racing uh, back in England and was uh, was with many teams and that, uh, t- tell us just quickly about Charlie Whiting, please. He's been every Grand Prix of thirty six years. He started off as a as a mechanic with Brabham when Bernie Eccleston owned the team, uh, and uh, joining the staff member. You know, many 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 years. He does a lot more than just Formula One race directing. I mean, he he would visit circuits like uh, like Road America, you know, just outside Milwaukee there, mm-hmm. uh, to check them out for safety. And he was a worldwide kind of there sort of thing. If anybody wanted to have an, F- an FIA event, and most world racing is FIA sanctioned, so Charlie Whiting at the uh, International Federation um, for many, many years, and they're going to miss him dearly. And um, it was such a terrible shock. I mean, the guy was only like 55. And um, I guess he got one of those terrible blinking blood clots you get on these long flights. And, of course, London to Australia can't get much longer than that. And he'd only been there a day or so, and, and he passed away. Yeah, and, very, um, very tragic. Very sad, very sad. And Formula One's going to miss him. He certainly is. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show and give us a race prediction for Australia, please. <laughs> other than Lewis, guess, that's the rule. We you got to pick somebody other than Lewis Hamilton. So Charles Leclerc. Your phone's cutting out again. Max Verstappen. All right, very good. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and looking uh, forward to chatting with you again. Uh, and uh, make sure you check out Amazon for his book, Hobo. And, uh, David, we'll be coming back to Wisconsin as the weather warms up. And uh, make sure you buy a copy of his book, and uh, he'll definitely be more than honored to autograph it. So thank you, David, for joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And coming up next, we'll talk with Eddie Lapine, also from Sebring, uh, from RacingNation.com, and give us an update on what is happening at the 12 Hours of Sebring coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Sebring, Florida, Racing Nation's own Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hi, guys. How are you today? We are doing great. Of course, Eddie's down at Sebring for the Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Advanced Auto Parts. And what is going on, and how far are we into the 12-hour race? Well, we got eight hours left. The Cadillacs are dominating right now. Uh, Brendan Hartley just took the lead. And uh, it's just been an exciting weekend. Uh, as it left off, like at Daytona, we've had rain that has the race started under caution. And uh, now they're it's dried out. And I think there'll be some more moisture later today. But 
I mean, everything's up to speed right now with the Cadillacs leading and the four GTs in the GTLM class are leading. And uh, Brent, Brendan Hartley, of course, I'm kind of a big fan, won a race up here at Road America several years ago, one of the fastest drivers, and uh, last year drove in Formula One with the uh, Toro Rosso team and didn't have the best results, but I think he's certainly back to uh, where he's comfortable, and that's in, with uh, IMSA Racing, Racing Endurance Racing, and is uh, certainly showing speed, isn't he, Eddie? Yes, and I, I got to speak with him the other day. I mean, the 919 driver that won the world championship and and uh, also uh, Le Mans, and he's going to be the future of Porsche and Formula E with Neil Johnny, and he's doing the double race. He, he raced uh, last night in the WEC race and with several drivers that have, are, have raced in both races with last night Toyota basically dominating the race as they have dominated the season uh, with Fernando Alonso winning the 12 hours of sea, uh, 12 hours, the 10 hours of Sebring, I should say, or the 1,000 miles of Sebring. And, and uh, it's been and, a real exciting weekend. And for those not familiar, kind of explain the difference between the two series. Uh, the, the WEC, of course, is, races in Europe, and that's the cars that race at Le Mans and that. But they look very similar to the IMSA cars, don't they? Well, they're basically, I mean, in their factory, you know, like Porsche, the 4GT Chip Ganassi has the UK 4GTs running. Um, and both, you know, I mean, they race around the world in that series, the World Endurance Championship, which they're in their super season with Le Mans as their biggest race of the year. And it's just very exciting to have both series here at Sebring. Uh, in 2012, they both ran together, but having both series here um, running two separate races, it is just, I mean, if you're a sports car fan, you're here. And coming here for 20 years, I have never, ever seen as many people as I've seen this weekend. And I don't know what the numbers are. I never believe what the promoters or whatever they say. But I can speak from experience that the motorhome, you can't fit anything in this place. And it's just exciting. It's a big one big party, I could say. It certainly is. St. Patty's. And uh, it, it, it's a kind of a who's who of race car drivers, too. Maybe not as big as, as 24 Hours at Daytona, but certainly right up there with uh, them adding uh, a third driver with a lot of the cars. And we have, uh, like, Alexander Rossi, once again, back with the Acura Team Penske team. And uh, some of the other drivers, too, like a friend of the show, Aaron Tielitz, is running in the GTD division. And uh, we have drivers, like, uh, just across the board uh, that certainly – who are some of the drivers that are sticking out this weekend well, that you I mean, maybe had a chance Sebastian, to talk with? Well, Sebastian Bourdais. There's a good one, yeah. with him this morning. Uh, he just loves to do this race. Uh, Colton Herta, who won Daytona for BMW and had a really good run at St. Pete. I did an interview with him yesterday. Very excited to be here. Uh, was very excited about winning Daytona. 
and you know with his first race in IndyCar last weekend at St. Pete, it, it's been a he said it it's just been a, a great season start kickoff. And uh, who, who's your who's your pick to to, to win uh, the twelve hours of, hours of Sebring today? Well, I mean, I, it's just I haven't had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really thinking Penske uh, with them getting the pole, but now the Cadillacs have seemed to go forward in a race. But I think there's so much time left. I think it's just going to be who survives basically, because I think we're going to, we're definitely going to see some more uh, weather factor in the race at some point as, as it has been already in this race. Talking with uh, Eddie Lapine and the great Midwest bank hotline. And uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned about surviving and that's certainly the name of the game with Sebring with the track, you know, it's, it's been around for many, many years and track surface is just so rough. Talk to the, tell, tell the listeners just how tough of a race this is for the drivers in these cars. Well, racing here myself, uh, I can speak from experience. There is no other track like this as Audi used it for, for their test track, basically, for the Audi prototypes and the Porsche 919. I mean, this this is the track. If you can run 12 hours at Sebring, it's no big deal to run 24 hours at Le Mans. Le Mans is, like, smooth. This is just – there are so many bumps, and the drivers with the weather, it just becomes – like you said, I mean, endurance racing is survival of the fittest, and that's what you have to do here. You just have to stay on the track and keep a pace, yeah. and it'll dictate you going to the front. And for that last, you know, hour. All right. Well, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and look forward to chatting with you again next week. Uh, what What's the latest at RacingNation.com? Well, we got the coverage of Sebring going on. You'll see that on the website. Uh, Long Beach is coming up. And last week, Amelia Island. Just check it out when you get a chance. All right. Very good. Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. I look forward to chatting again. And coming up next, the Polish pipe bomb. Jeff Orlowski will be calling us from Arizona. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you, Steve. Good to be back. Yeah, so tell us uh, tell us a bit about your trip to Arizona. The listeners who maybe don't listen uh, during the week uh, might be wondering, what is he doing out there? Yeah, covering a little Brewer's Spring Training and... Uh, 
been a, a long eight days. Uh, been busy and lots of work and all that. But uh, you know, when you're sitting there watching baseball most of the day and uh, talking to the players and stuff like that, it uh, it could be a lot worse. Let me tell you. It certainly can be. And uh, was okay. First of all, the entourage there. Were there any arrests or any bar fights, any no. uh, controversial uh, situations during the week? No, everybody was pretty tame, you know, down here with Gary Ellerson and uh, Baby Tausch and Tim Allen and Bill Michaels was down here, ran into Radio Joe. So, you know, had, uh, had tons of people, but uh, I don't know, I can't speak for Bill and Radio Joe, but uh, as far as the other guys, no arrests. And uh, the weather was kind of so-so, wasn't it, out there? Yeah, you know, we had a couple days that were kind of cold and rainy. Um, but uh, the first day, I got down here a week ago uh, today, and uh, Sunday was just gorgeous when they ran down here in Phoenix. And uh, 15, 15 minutes away from the track, watching, watching baseball, just getting the itch, wishing I was at the track. But, uh, but yeah, you know, there's been some gorgeous days down here too. So it's hard to complain when you're not in, uh, you're not seeing snow on the ground. You know what I mean? Oh, most definitely I do. And, um, did you hear what happened uh, in qualifying yesterday at Auto Club Speedway? Yeah. Oops. What if you had qualifying and nobody showed up? Well, that, uh, that's kind of what happened. You know, not one car posted a time in the final round. Uh, you know, how NASCAR, all the money and everything that they have, how they did not foresee that this was a possibility, just kind of, you just shake your head. And, uh, you know, you get this new package. No one wants to be out first. No one wants to be out second. Everybody wants to go last. Well, they should have seen this coming. And it's just poor planning on NASCAR's part. Yeah, it certainly has. You know, it's it, it's got to be frustrating. And you know, I was talking to Dennis Michelson earlier in the show. You know, I, I feel bad for those fans in the stands on Friday because those are going to be your most devoted, most dedicated uh, fans, and those are the guys who took off work Friday to go there, and then and and then to do that is is really unfortunate. You know, and and those are the fans at this point you 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 need the most in NASCAR, don't you? Oh, absolutely. They need to hold on to everybody they have. And uh, and I'll tell you, you know, I love NASCAR. And uh, I watch every lap, every year, every race. And uh, when I have tickets and I'm at the track, there is no way I'm showing up on qualifying day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I love the sport. So you, you've got the straight diehards there. And those are the people that are paying the price because these guys are playing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so certainly it, frustrating. Yeah, it is sad. You're, you know, you're uh, angering the uh, the people who have your back the most, the people who don't dwell solely on all the negatives that are going on, on in NASCAR. It's uh, it's a sad, sad state. Hey, on the way home on your flight, make sure you uh, you, you get to uh, you get to NBC Sports and look up a uh, coffee with Kyle. It's coffee okay. with Kyle Petty, and he does an interview with Dale and Ned Jarrett. I was I was talking about this in the first hour. Must see TV. Uh, just really really interesting. And it, it, if if people if people go, what what do you love about NASCAR currently? 
Uh, I certainly uh, it is it is that it's 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 the NASCAR that I knew when I was growing up as a kid, and uh, it, you know it, it to see you know to to chat to have the opportunity to chat and show the younger fans uh, what a gentleman Ned Jared uh, was and is 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 certainly uh, it, it, it it's good quality time spent, Jeff and. Make sure you uh, check yeah, that I'll out. Try, I'll try to watch that on my flight home. Yeah, and, uh, and see, I uh, it took me 13 and a half hours to get from Chicago to Phoenix when I flew out. Uh, hopefully, it's not that long today uh, getting home. But uh, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll watch that while I'm bumming around the airport. All right, and uh, when when are you flying out? Uh, a couple of hours. So about to. Uh, about to head to uh, to the airport now, and uh, fly into Chicago about seven thirty tonight. So, are you getting picked up from Chicago? No, I got my car waiting at O'Hare for me. Oh, look at you! All right, uh, yeah. let's take a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we'll talk more with uh, Jeff Rolowski and get our NASCAR predictions coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Arizona, it's the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Rolowski. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on and looking forward to chatting next week, too, when you're back in studio. And uh, some breaking Packer news here. I don't know if you saw this, but Jake Ryan is signing with the Jackson Jaguars. So uh, Packers lose a linebacker there who actually... Didn't see any of the field last He's year. He's got to pass the physical, though. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. But uh, I got an interesting uh, uh, text. Well, before we do that, uh, let's go uh, do our predictions. Uh, how about let's let's do NASCAR in uh, Fontana, Jeff. Uh, who's your pick uh, for the cup race tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to go with Harvick and uh, see if he can finally crack uh, victory lane here for the first time this year. And uh, Mayor Mitch, what do you think? Uh, I think in the break we were mentioning you like uh, Kyle Busch. Is that right? You're gonna... Yeah, I'll go Joey Slogano though. Joey Logano. Okay. Slogano, baby. All right. Uh, I will then. I will take uh, Kyle Busch. I was going right. to take Ryan Blaney, but I'll go with uh, Kyle Busch. So should be an Never. interesting race tomorrow. Never a bad pick. All all that guy does is win. No, he could, that, that could actually most likely be his 201st win by the time we uh, get to uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we were mentioning that. His uh, drive for 200 wins, uh, Kyle Busch. And uh, I do want to mention, I got a text from my buddy, Terry, who you know, uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to go switch modes here into the Green and Gold podcast. If you uh, get a chance, make sure you subscribe to the Green and Gold then and now podcast that Jeff and I do talking a little Packers here and a lot of stuff happening uh, with the free agency. Were you pleasantly surprised with all the moves this week in free agency? Absolutely. And, uh, and I like them, you know, yeah. you get, uh, you get some starters that can help, help the defense right away. And uh, you know, a little bit of depth on the offensive line. So 
Yeah, I thought they did well. Uh, I think the loss of Jake Ryan, even though it's that linebacker where the Packers are kind of thin, I don't think that's going to affect the team at all. So I uh, I like what they've done. Yeah, I, I, I did like Jake Ryan, but, um, you know, with, with, with what we have and what Gutenkiss has been doing, uh, there's no reason why we can't get one, somebody as similar, if not better than him, through the draft or a free agency. There's still a lot of free agents uh uh, left out there. Uh, uh, interesting uh, text I got. The remaining Ted Thompson draft picks on the roster as of today, 18. Yeah. That's that all that's left. Many. Yeah, we got Rodgers, 2005, Crosby, 2007, Bulaga in 2010, and then we have Daniels in 2012, Bakhtiari in 2013, then we have Adams and Lindsley in 2014 and then 2016 and 17 we got one two three four five six seven seven from 2016 and one two three four five six from 2017 this is certainly going to be a different looking team this year isn't it jeff it is you know uh it was needed you know ted left uh left the cover pretty bare and uh you know this roster definitely needed a turnaround the packers aren't a team that you expect to go Six and ten, especially with uh, Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So it's time to get rid of all the undrafted uh, free agents, all the dead weight that they had, and all the god awful draft picks that uh, Ted had uh, later in his career, and uh, and move forward. I uh, I'm really impressed by Brian Gutekunst and uh, what he's done so far, and can't wait to see what other moves he's got up his sleeve. Well, I think the big thing going into this draft. You know, the last few years, it's always been this desperate. Okay, we need to get, we need to fill this hole, we need to fill that hole, we need to do this, 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 and I think that really puts a team at disadvantage. So going into this year, you're going to have a team that's going to be just kind of sitting back, going, okay, who's uh, you know, who's the best? It, it's it's the way it should be, picking the best player available and letting the chips where they lay. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, you know, there's there was so many holes. I just the only hope I have is yes we have two first round picks. I hope we don't use one of those on a tight end. I think um, I just I have agree. a problem yep. picking a tight end in the first round. So you know, a couple good defensive guys who could step in right away and make a contribution. I'm all for that. It'll be nice when the Packers finally get to the point where we're not stuck drafting defense almost exclusively to fill all the holes we have once we get our talent level on the defensive side of the ball where it needs to be, then maybe we can uh, worry about uh, solidifying the offensive line more and, you know, picking up uh, tight ends and stuff like that. So it'll be nice if we can get this defense rolling in the right direction. Well, Jeff, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and uh, look forward to uh, sitting in next week once again on the final inspection show. And uh, any 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 last words? Any thoughts uh, for Fontana this weekend? Uh, you know, I I think we hopefully we'll see a hell of a lot better of a show than we did yesterday during qualifying. Hopefully, these guys decide to actually hit the track for the race with a nice <laughs> fat check at the end. I think they will. But uh, fingers crossed. You never know what's going to happen in the world of NASCAR, which is part of what makes it so awesome. All right, that's Jeff Rolowski joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Thanks to Dennis Michelson, David Land, David Hobbs. 
Everybody that's been on the show, we'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.